This episode is brought to you by Southern Elegance Candle Company, where modern values meet Southern charm. Right now, check out their spring and summer collection with candle scents such as Celebration, Coastal Waters, and Farmer's Market. And our two personal favorites, Southern Sunshine, which fills the room with an amazing aroma of citrus and sugar, and Southern Nights, which is a blend of sandalwood and gooseberries. Be sure to visit secandlecode.com and use our promo code CRUX, that's C-R-U-X, for 15% off all regularly priced items. That's secandlecode.com, where they lovingly craft each scent and city combination to elicit a fond memory to whisk you to a place of pure joy. What's important to you? What's important to me? Making sure my family is well taken care of, my home secure, and not overpaying for necessities like home insurance and car insurance. My South Carolina Farm Bureau agent, Grant Williams, not only ensured I had the correct coverage, but he combed through my policy and removed anything I didn't need, which turned into savings for me. He's professional, very knowledgeable, and a pleasure to work with. Grant not only took care of my home and car insurance needs, more importantly, educated me about life insurance and set me up with the policy that's affordable. Most people put life insurance off until it's too late or too expensive. And Grant helped me make the adult decision. Call him today at 803-995-8484. If my dad can't save you money on your car insurance, he doesn't even want your business. On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we talk red hot NBA, the blazing offseason of the NFL, and so much more. Let's go! Another all new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. As always, thank you for joining us on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, you can hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Or jump on the Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk, Talk Back. It's a privilege to be back with you guys yet again in a late episode this week. There was just so much going on. We could not just let you guys go without it. So without further ado, put your hands together for my main man of yours, DJ Highstar, joining me on the line. What's good with it, doggy? What's good? What's good? Live from the Port City. Hey, 843, baby. Let's go. How are everything been going, man? Happy belated to the pop and whatnot. Appreciate that. Um, I definitely passed the blessings on. Okay. But yeah, everything is lovely, man. Down down here with the fam and everything, kicking it. Word. Feel good to be back in the port city, man? Yeah, you already know. Listen, you say no more. Dog, there's been a lot going on in, in just in the sports world, man. But let's jump off with the, uh, with the red hot NBA and let's talk a little bit about those scores. All right. Well, from this is from Tuesday night, March the 8th. Um, Brooklyn Nets, they came into Charlotte, took care of business 132 and 121, a game that we'll talk about in a little bit here. The Cavaliers took care of business against the Pacers 127 and 124. Yeah, 
the Suns over the Magic, 102 to 99. Memphis, the Grizzlies, they took care of the Pelicans, 132 to 111. They had the Bucks beating the Thunder, 142 to 115, convincingly. And also the Warriors um, beat the Clippers, 112 to 97. Real quickly, this evening while we're taping, um, we currently have the two number one seeds. Uh, the Suns are currently beating the Heat. It's about two minutes left in the fourth quarter, 109 to 84. And um, the Lakers in a close one right now in the third quarter. It looks like it's about 93 to 92 uh, for y'all. And another notable score this evening, my Knicks right now are beating the Mavericks 61 to 34 at halftime. So those are the scores. Um, you know, a little bit of scores from this evening kind of in live in live time. But um, most of the scores being from yesterday, from Tuesday night. Yeah, anything that stand out to you in particular? Yeah, I think um, I might as well start with the home team, Hornets. Um, they've been playing some good ball. I'm, uh, they've lost one uh, today. They dropped one to the Celtics, and then, like you mentioned, they lost two to the Nets. But I want to see how they're able to kind of pull from these losses and get ready for the playoffs. Uh, as we know, it's right around the corner at this point. Um, and I need to see what they can do to step up defensively. Offensively, it seems like as long as I start to say Lonzo, as long as Melo is in his bag, they're going to be all right offensively. But I need him personally, and I want to see all of them step up as a whole defensively. Um, what What do you think it's going to take for them to be able to be even successful and, and kind of match what we projected for them to be able to win a first round series? Um, leadership, really, like uh, some more leadership from. From the uh, some of the veterans there, the young veterans, as I like to call it, the Terry Rosiers of the world. Uh, also, um, Montrez, him, him stepping up as far as leadership goes. Uh, and then just really uh, smart, smart shot selection from your LaMelo Balls of the world. And, uh, you know, guys like Miles Bridges and, and PJ Washington really just doing their thing and doing what what they know as far as what they're good at um, leaning on their strengths and avoiding their weaknesses really. Um, but yeah, shout out quick, shout out to Kyrie. Uh, you know, they just call him half man right now. Not half man. Half amazing, <laughs> but just half man. Um, hey, yo. Dropping 50 on, uh, on Charlotte uh, the other night, you know, in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So just kind of, of reminding cats who he is. In other words, now it's funny you you mentioned it. He absolutely did that. And he and he, he came to the port city, the port city, the queen city, and uh, and he did his thing. Now there was another young man who dropped a, over fifty this weekend. We, we, we I don't know what his name is though. Some call him the baby goat. I'll never call him the goat. Uh, but one Mister Lebanon James uh, against the against your Golden State Warriors. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, dropped, what was it, 54, 56? Um, in a 124-116 win um, on Saturday. What were your thoughts on, on, on that performance, um, and, and more so from the Warriors' perspective uh, and, and the game overall? Yeah, I mean, from the Warriors' perspective, it's, you know, those type of games happen. Again, um, they, they've been on the winning side of enough of those to understand that those type of games happen where you can't stop uh, one guy who's hot or whatnot, you know, from y'all side of it, 
Um, it was enough to sit him down in father time again is undefeated. So it was enough <laughs> to sit him down for one game with his knee soreness. He's back up in a, he's back in the lineup this evening, but yeah, it was clear again that, uh, um, quote unquote load management takes over again. And, uh, this, uh, you know, knee soreness, if you will, took over after that performance where he was, you know, allowed to sit out a game, if you will. For me, it's 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 troublesome that when when we play the teams like the Nets, when we play teams like the Warriors um, and LeBron can dig deep and, and, and go into uh, playoff LeBron mode or dark mode, dark zero thirty or whatever it is he calls it in that mentality to then turn around and lose to, to to teams that we have no business losing to um it's it's just indicative i think to the makeup of this team uh and, and honestly like we, we again we beat the warriors and then turn around monday i think it was monday or tuesday uh monday night and lose to the spurs i mean this no disrespect but the spurs they their record is almost as bad as is a little bit worse they're like, like 25 and 40 so it's it's just tough that we can't win the games that we're supposed to, and they only want to play for the big ones. Doing this will not allow us to be able to even get to the playoff or or possibly even the play in to be able to say, okay, well now we're here, we can buckle down. There's there's zero confidence with the way this is going. So much so that it's starting to kind of bleed over. And I don't know if you want to go straight into that, but it's it's having its effects off the court as well. Yeah, certainly. I mean, what are you talking about with other players on the team? Not not just with other players, with with the fans interacting with the players. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, like outside of LeBron, we talked about it the other week with LeBron, Trevor Ariza, and mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook. Uh, but Russell Westbrook, he made the headlines this week, uh, really kind of waving the white flag and, and calling for mercy and telling you know, people to kind of have sympathy for his family members whenever it comes to the name calling and stuff like that, that he was alluding to. And uh, it's primarily coming from his home crowd uh, where they're calling him West Brick. Um, So, yeah, I I could definitely see, you know, how they're spilling over the inconsistency that they're putting out on the court or on the floor, rather. Whenever, whenever, of course, you right now you're without A.D., and so whenever you're without AD and LeBron, it's it's tough to find somebody to lean on. It's tough to kind of to task one Carmelo Anthony with all of the offense. And then somebody like Russ that has the ball in his hand as much as he does, you know, he feels a he feels an obligation to, you know, the old adage is shooters are gonna shoot. He feels the obligation to try to shoot his way back out of his streak, out of his cold streak, if you will, versus giving it to guys that are fully capable of carrying the offense like the Malik Monks of the world, um, you know, and some of those other guys that are, that are on the team. Um, your Reeves of the world, honestly. Mm-hmm. Reeves has been contributing nicely. I think if those guys were worked into the offense and, and made to feel a part of the offense a little bit more, then you guys would see a little bit more offensive production. Overall, whenever LeBron's out, you know, of course, a like I said, AD is out right now. But whenever you know your two main two main guys are out, and see for me, the, it goes back to the Kyle Kuzma conundrum. When Kyle had the opportunity to get the ball, to be the focal point, to be able to get just the 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 sheer number and the volume, 
he was nasty. He he was a, a, a dynamic ball handler, a, a good shot maker. Um, some of these other cats, you mentioned Reeves. It feels like if these guys had an opportunity to be more of the focal point, that they too could then enhance their games and and, and, and contribute more. But then you have your when LeBron and, and AD get healthy, now, of course, it's going back to them. And so these, these guys have to fall and are relegated to those secondary roles where they don't have that opportunity to kind of play into rhythm like that. So it's a... It's it's a tough thing, man. That that, that really is is going to be kind of hinging on if we're able to make it to the playoffs, and it's tough. And and, and I don't, I honestly don't know what we're gonna do. And I hate to come on the air every week and continue to say that, especially after having sat through an entire football season of saying at this point I don't know what the Panthers going to do, and just really having no hope. But I know the potential is there for us to gather and, and and make a rally and and finish strong but it's not looking likely bro at this point and so we'll definitely kind of keep an eye on that one um any uh any any opinion or any views on the whole russell westbrook uh, situation yeah so family should automatically and always be out of bounds i don't i don't i don't know why that's um a hard thing for people to understand but for me, family should be out of bounds. I, I don't understand why um, fans don't get that. Now, with regards to them, the players themselves, oh, no, yeah, no, you're, you're mm, full open. <laughs> I believe you are, uh, you sign up for it. You make the millions of dollars. That's one of the benefits slash uh, the cost benefit analysis, if you would, of being a millionaire. It's like, is it worth? Yeah, you, you can tell me what you want, because I think J. Cole was the rapper that said it the best. If you broke inclined in a millionaire, then the joke is on you. So like the players themselves, it is what it is. But nah, family shouldn't. They, they, they're regular people, too. They shouldn't have um, any repercussions with that. Um, where do you stand? Do you think that the, the fans are out of bounds for roasting him to them or? Um, or roasting them themselves, the family members. Where do you stand on it? No, um, I again, I don't even think that the family members have. I mean, I'm I haven't. I, I frankly haven't done that extensive of research to see like what the family members have been receiving. From my knowledge, is just that that they're upset that you know he's being called West Brick or whatever like that and, and stuff like that. And if that's the case. I have no problem with that. Um, it takes me back to preseason, honestly, uh, where, you know, again, with a lot of turnovers and stuff like that in the preseason, it was almost a defense mechanism for the Lakers as a whole, but more so with West, Russell Westbrook that, hey, it's not a big deal. This is preseason. We're just working our way in and stuff like that. And, again, I think we alluded to it earlier in the season but uh perfect practice makes perfect mm -hmm. you know um so again that that was kind of forecasting and foreshadowing some of the or a lot of the inconsistencies that we see with his performance in particular and i think that is getting to him it's definitely getting to him the questions are getting to him you see in the post-game conference uh last week uh how he handled that and it's just cringy it's just cringy and it, you know you know that's that's the main thing that I have. I, I again I don't have any sympathy for anything that he's kind of going through. More or less, I, I don't I don't buy into the whole millionaire thing. Definitely, because people are people are humans, but it's an energy thing. And I think the energy that he gave out it wasn't respecting the preseason. It wasn't respecting the process as a whole. As far as getting better, again, it was a 
it came off as a defense mechanism for him to and very dismissive, you know, like, you know, this stuff will get this stuff will get right, in other words, or the chemistry will get right. there. And it's something that you gotta work on that 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 doesn't come overnight and it doesn't come magically. It's something that you gotta honestly work on. So with respect to all of that, no, I, I, I think that he's definitely inheriting um and kind of reaping what he sowed. Yeah. It's almost as if him and some of the other ones, even like LeBron, when when they were trying to dispel the whole, uh, oh, they're the old team and that, that, when they were trying to like just dismiss some of those ideals, it was just like they expected with the talent level that some of them once possessed. Uh, they, it's almost like they read the read the roster and was like, oh no, we got this. All we got to do is show up. We're good. Um, but definitely, it's not worked out that way. Well, and I mean, moving on, staying in the Golden State, if you will. And moving up to the Bay Area, um, had a special cameo, a fun cameo um, at the Golden State game the other night where the the fans were kind of uh, given a treat by by, uh, Jackie Moon. And with Jackie Moon, uh, people know him from the Flint Tropics Mm -hmm. and the, uh, (laughs) you know, so but shout out to Jackie Moon, a.k.a. Will Ferrell. He uh, sank a half-court shot and also kind of did a little old-school Rick Barry slash uh, Rick Barry-esque type of uh, free throw. So I just wanted to kind of give him his flowers while he was here. Uh, of course, the half-court shot is not an easy feat. That's not anything that you just that you just do. And he did it. You know, I don't know if he's thinking. It always baffles me whenever I see Will Farrell around the basketball court because I always think that <laughs> some kind of film is being, you know, some kind of movie is being filmed or so, whatnot. Did you catch any of that? Yeah, I, I, I did peep it. You're talking about when they were uh, playing the clips, right? Right. Yeah, and I don't think it was necessary that they were coming off of a little skid, um, and it was something big for the fans. Will Farrell is one of my favorite actors, man. Like. Low-key, uh, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights, is a masterpiece of comedy, bro. Like, I, I just like Will Ferrell anyhow. So, like, to see him, he's our modern-day Bill, Bill Murray, um, who we used to see in, privileged in Charleston all the time and whatnot. But, like, that dude's just funny. Even when he's just, like, kind of trying not to be, and it's just awkward. Like, I'm not really trying to be funny, but I also don't know what I want to do right now. <laughs> So yeah, shout out, shout out to Will, or in this case, J- Jackie Moon, the legend, uh, coming out there, man. That, that, that was that's dope for for La La Land, or excuse me, for see how see how easy it is for celebrities to be you know associated with Los Angeles. Shout out to him and Golden State. Right, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, outside of that, that's kind of all we got right now. But also, like I said, uh, just to give a live update. Um, with the Suns game, again, you had the number one Suns. They actually defeated the number one Heat, 111 to 90 out there. Uh, I think they played in Phoenix, but nevertheless, uh, you know, they, they went ahead and rolled on the Heat uh, this evening. Okay. Shout out to them. And uh, another one going going steady in the fourth quarter. The Lakers are up over the Rockets, 109 and 106. So, <sighs> Hopefully we can beat the Rockets, even though I know they have been right. playing some pretty good ball. Um, yeah, no, we just need to win. I don't care who it is at this point. We just need to win. Uh, speaking of winning, there has been some big news going on in the NFL. Um, 
Aaron Rodgers started this just uh, avalanche of movement uh, yesterday when he announced that he was staying in Green Bay. Now, there are some reports that have him um, signing uh, what will be a four-year, $200 million. You know, for that, uh, he, he gets a little love for that. The richest annual contract of any player in NFL history. Can you guarantee he has guaranteed No, and, and, that, and that's what I was getting to. 153. Well, see, I, to date, that's what's been reported. But Aaron Rodgers also later on in the evening, almost as, as if to say with all the other news that was going on, it's like, oh, no, y'all need to focus on me some more. Uh, in true diva fashion, he said um, that any numbers that have been reported are false because he hasn't signed anything yet. Um, I don't know why he would like even need feel the need to put that tweet out, but um, that is what I saw. That 153 of it was guaranteed, and then the rest remained something like 40 million per year. It's just oh, it's crazy, man. I I, I couldn't even fathom yet that type of money, man. Like. Shout out to Aaron Rodgers. Do you think it will, in the long run, be a good move for Green Bay? That's a great question. In the long run, I don't – I just see more quarterback dissonance and uh, more headlines for Green Bay for all the wrong reasons. Uh, this reminds me of kind of the the end of the Brett Favre era where it was like, uh, you know, well, in, in certain cases it does, in other words. It was like – you know, before we don't want you, now we want you, but now we really don't want you. This is kind of a real, a big statement that they're putting out there. And it sends, you know, again, the signals to one Jordan Love that, mm. hey, you're not ready. You're not ready enough to go out nowhere else and be a starter. So you just kick it and chill behind this dude for four years. So by the end of that, you'll be a five-year red shirter pretty much like six he's two years in, in the, at this point yeah six year and and it's like in the year 2022 where you know adhd is prevalent people have short attention spans that you know that's not the ideal nfl career if you will i mean granted it, if you get a ring and you could put the put a ring on your finger as a backup quarterback i'm sure plenty of people would do that as a backup quarterback as opposed to being a loser as a starter, but, <laughs> if um, you DJ Highstar are um, Jordan Love, and you get the text, "Hey, we're signing Aaron for four more years," thought you should know. What is your next move? Uh, to go to practice, to suit up and go to practice. I, ultimately, I've never. Here's the thing about it, Big Cliff. I'm when it comes to professional sports, it, it's professional. And it's for for a check. So it's your job. <laughs> yeah, I've always admired practice squad players who could pick up a check just from, you know, throwing on some uh, throwing some practices and putting on some practice clothes and doing their thing, or or the twelfth man on the bench that, you know, in the NBA uh, he might have signed a a six figure contract or a million dollar contract or whatever like that. After taxes, you might be looking at, you know, five or 600 grand, but that is five or 600 grand for just looking good in the, in the outfit. I, I really, I, you know, I'm a competitor. 
definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, I'm a, I'm a realist, and there's not many jobs out there where you can kind of kick it with a clipboard and a head in the headphones, and uh, you know, just stay prepared, quote unquote. Now, granted, you know, things always happen. I.e., um, who was your boy up in in New England that got crunched up like a lawn chair? Um, <laughs> not Garoppolo. Um, was that Drew Bledsoe? Oh, the, you're talking about before time? Yeah. Time. yeah. Drew Bledsoe yeah. was before time, yep. So, you know, there's always those moments in NFL history that'll go down where something happens and the backup has to step up. But, hey, it's not it's not a bad thing, man. And In high school, I always kind of, you know, in a weird way, envied the, the, the guy with the clipboard in his hand that was giving some of the signals to the to the uh to the quarterback and not in um quiet as cat that's a that's a great path to coaching as well is backup quarterback definitely so is. definitely is so uh mentioned <laughs> you mentioned backups and uh folks who may not have been the starter caliber uh, denver the denver broncos were just not happy with what um they were getting out of their quarterback position so as a result they have initiated a trade with the Seattle Seahawks that has landed them Russell Wilson and a th- and a fourth round pick. And as such, the only thing they had to send out to Seattle was two first round picks, two second round picks, a fifth round pick, and two players, Drew including Drew Locke and Noah Fant. Um, before we get into the details of the trade, can you imagine being Noah Fant and your agent calling and say, Hey man, I got some good news, man. We're trading you to Seattle. All right, let's go. I get to, I get to catch balls from right from Russell Wilson. Well, actually about that. You're also getting, (laughs) you're getting traded with Drew Locke. Like he he gets traded from catching passes from Drew Locke to catching passes. That's just gotta be terrible. But Overall, what what were your uh, thoughts, reactions to one of the largest trades in NFL history? That uh, Denver gave up a lot. I mean, they're kind of putting all their putting all their eggs in one basket, and and you know, gambling the house on on Russell to, to kind of you know hinging everything on him to really to hold it down. I mean, if he's looking at it that's pretty much telling me that, you know, we're going to be building off a free agency and what we have, Mm -hmm. you know, in the organization, since we've given up pretty much all of our draft picks the next couple of years or whatnot, you know, so it's just, yeah, that, that, that's what spoke out the loudest to me with that. Yeah. Like you said, that was a lot. And, and, and there have been some who thought that that might've been the hall necessary, something similar to land quarterback Deshaun Watson, but for Russell, I, the only thing that makes this make sense is if they expect to be able to win the Super Bowl next year. Now, I understand that you're in a in a quarterback conference or in the same conference with quarterback Patrick Mahomes, but that, the two firsts and two seconds seem like a lot. Um, of course, the fourth and fifth swap, not a big deal to me. But then in addition to that, to throw in two players, they really feel like this is their guy. That's that's what this means to me. Um, a lot of folks said, oh, as soon as Aaron Rodgers signed early in the morning, uh, that's when everything else started to come down and the dominoes fell. But in reality, this has been something that they've been working on for weeks. 
Russell was who who they who their guy was. They they had put some inquiries out about Aaron early on, but um, this has been getting worked on for weeks, and so it's not something where it was a snap brash where the Denver Broncos said, "Oh, we don't have Aaron, we can't get Aaron Rodgers, we got to go and get him no matter what." This is this has been calculated, which again solidifies to me that this was their guy. This is who they felt like was going to be the integral part to allow them to get to the next step. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if it works out. Um, one player who did actually come to an agreement with his current team, the Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers, have agreed to a three-year, $60 million uh, contract with wide receiver Mike Williams. Uh, good move or bad move, bro? What do you think on that one? Um, I, I like I like his consistency when he's healthy, and, of course, they've got somebody to throw to him out there so i don't i don't hate the move put it like that and i don't i don't feel like it's a bad move i i'm not applauding it like oh this is the you know the move of the of the off season but i don't i don't hate it yeah definitely um for me it, i think it was a good move shout out to clemson university um their fine wide receiver you out there um but like yeah mike mike has been consistent man and who who wouldn't want to catch quarterback catch passes from that quarterback out there in LA, man? Um, just, he, he seems like he's the truth, man, and I, I'm I'm excited to see what that what the just overall quarterback play is going to look like next year, man. It's some new faces and new places, but the young guns, uh, especially those out in the AFC, man, Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, Burrows, those those guys ball, man. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't put uh, my guy from out in Baltimore out there, man, um, Lamar Jackson. They're, they're just a lot. You, you guy out in Buffalo, like the AFC is littered with young talent at the quarterback well, think, position. Yeah. And I think that that contributes to Los Angeles making their move is just, again, they probably got wind of, of what was going on in Denver. They already know what time it is out there in Kansas city. Um, so again, they had to lock up and, and, and figure out a, you know, you've got your, uh, We've got the Aaron Rodgers to um, what's your boy's name? Devonte Adams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you okay. know, you've got those kind of one-two punches around the league a little bit. Where even like even a you know a Derek Carter, a Darren Waller situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you want to have that Herbert to Williams situation kind of locked up for the next couple of years, where it's a. It's a it's an insurance policy. It's something that you can depend on. It's something that you know that you can rely on if you ever have any kind of uh, droughts offensively, or if anything else as far as your running game or your special teams or anything like that is not really clicking. You know that that's something that you can always go to. That's uh, chemistry that those guys can build that nobody can really break. And um, you know, quarterbacks and, and wide receivers have that that type of relationship where just from the motion, a subtle motion of a hand or, or um, a certain way that I look, it's like, okay, I know what I'm doing, you know what I'm doing, and mm-hmm. vice versa. So it's it's pretty good to, to kind of lock that in and get Justin Herbert that uh, security blanket, if you will. Yeah, and the guy is definitely trending up. His rookie season, he caught 48 balls for 756 and five touchdowns this past year. He almost doubled all of the production, 76 receptions, nearly 1,200 yards, and nine touchdowns. So he's definitely trending in a positive direction. 
Um, another guy who seems like he's trending in a direction, I wouldn't necessarily call it positive, um, Carson Wentz. After one year or a one-year stint with the Indianapolis Colts, Carson Wentz has been moved back to the NFC uh, East to the Washington Commanders for two third-round picks. Um, I knew when Carson... Uh, Later on in the season, and definitely in that playoff game, that the the Colts were just not having it here or there with him. Um, I did not expect to see him go back to the NFC East, but um, we know that the Washington Commanders have an amazingly talented defense um, on every level at the front line, of the, the the backside, at the cornerbacks. They're, they're they're stocked on defense. Offensively, they've they've, they've not had that consistency at the quarterback position. Now, I know you got your guy out there, uh, the former Panther, um, not Henley, yeah, what's Heineke. his name? Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Um, what do you feel with this move with Carson Wentz and, and Heineke uh, possibly sharing uh, some or competing for some reps at the quarterback position there in Washington? Right. Park? I mean, put the I'll, I'll put the competition in, you know, in their face, but – Heineke's clearly not their guy um, and hasn't been, you know, the clear cut, clear cut guy, or they wouldn't be making this move. Um, the thing about it is he's unpolished, but when I'm and I'm talking about Heineke, he's like an unpolished competitor. So he's going to compete, but it's like, uh, you know, his, his, his progressions and his moves, it, it all, it, it all doesn't always look very like, you know, polished quarterback wise so i don't i don't mind it at all um heck you know get get this over with this competition over with and if carson wentz is the guy you know i hope heineke's representation or his management can can get him you know finagle a way for him to go to find a find another home perhaps um you know uh but yeah it's something that i don't mind at all again i don't think and the only reason I'm saying that is because I never felt like Washington as an organization uh, was completely sold on him. Something that Chase Young, um, you know, the individual player, uh, he saw something. Yeah, exactly. But the organization as a whole never really, I don't think, really believed in him and, and bought in to the Heineke train. So I don't, I don't mind it at all. It's kind of going to force the hand, I believe, of the commanders. I don't think that they'll have, you know, two sitting ducks or uh, any kind of two quarterback system. So it's best man up. And um, bringing in Carson Wentz, I think that they're leaning toward Carson Wentz and thinking that he's going to probably win that starting spot um, a little bit less than convincingly. Um, and uh, and they're going to move forward, you know, move forward that way. Now you know who's the bad, the biggest losers of the day for to me, the Philadelphia Eagles. Shout out to our frat brother um, Ashton, man. Like, bro, his team in one day went from having all of this cap space and these marquee free agents that they were going to target and they were going to bring in and be competitive and build the new quote unquote dream team. Their top three uh, targets for the offseason were Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson or Mike Williams. And in the first day of the movement, they lost all their oh, top. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, 
Quick like They just got their dreams shattered And if that all wasn't bad enough Now they have to play against Carson Wentz twice per year In the division That <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a tough day man That is really really A tough day Now speaking of tough days There is a quarterback who may have a tough day Or could possibly be having a really good day Depending upon how it, how it goes on this Friday uh, but quarterback Deshaun Watson to appear before a grand jury on Friday um, to, I guess, address the complaints of eight women who filed the criminal compa- complaints. Um, now, to date, it's been said that he plans to just take the Fifth Amendment or to invoke the Fifth Amendment uh, throughout the questioning. But I, th- I think it's going to be key because this is actually going to be the first step towards the ending f- of the, all of this for him or the next important step towards an ending. What happens Friday could dictate whether or not this is complete and this whole whole situation is done as soon as April 1st and right in time just a month before or just under a month ahead of the NFL draft. With that, we've there have been several reports that state um, that there are a couple of teams that are willing to take him now and a couple that would rather see some type of conclusion or know an expectation of what the conclusion will be before they make a move on him. Knowing that he's this close to having it resolved, what do you think? Um, do you think we see uh, see the quarterback sign soon? Do you think Watson just kind of holds steady and is not on is still on the Texans team? What do you think? Where do you where do you see that going? I mean, the way that stuff went in Green Bay, I you know I I, I kind of see the uh, the Texans kind of holding their quote unquote asset if you if you consider it that. Mm-hmm. for a little bit longer until this stuff is resolved um they haven't busted a move yet and i think it's for a reason so i think whenever this stuff blows over then they kind of use him as a bargaining chip um and hopefully they they want to see his stock go up so that they could perhaps leverage for a little bit more than than what they would you know pre-trial yeah and, and see for me you, you you hit the nail on the head for them he's a commodity they would love to be able to have him to come back out and to participate and, and to be their quarterback. But on the flip side of that, Levy said, yeah, I, I don't know the guy. He wasn't here at all my first year here. I don't know him. Um, we're, we're looking forward to it being resolved one way or another. But he's just that, a commodity. If they bring him back, cool. If they're able to get more for him, you want to be able to buy low and sell high. You want to be able to have his stock risen. And so they're, they're willing to wait on him. The fact that they did not let him play one snap and had Davis Mills out there at the quarterback position kind of shows where their heads are with regards to Deshaun moving forward, that they're just willing to sit on it and wait, pause, and, and allow him the opportunity to just go ahead and um, oh, increase. Man, right. <laughs> hey, yo, relax. <laughs> that yo, came out relax. Crazy, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm glad you caught that. No, you caught it. And I've, I've like, I'll just say this. I'm sorry to cut you off. Big I've been doing well the past couple of weeks. I've been trying to be mature. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've been doing well. I I, I don't want to shoot my own horn. But that was that was a little crazy. Shout, shout out to all of our listeners that pick up on the pauses. So oddly enough, I have had some feedback um really in the last week with several <laughs> of our listeners who absolutely do pick up on it and we've been lauded for our ability to pause and just continue talking as if it wasn't what it was, but you know, hey. Well, great. I mean, I appreciate, shout out, first of all, shout out to y'all who are listening. Shout out to y'all who are listening and paying attention. And then shout out to y'all who are listening and paying attention. 
and hollering back at us on it. So, um, yeah, no, certain things are just pause worthy. We believe in equality. We believe here at Carolina Sports Talk that everybody is somebody. However, certain things are just pausable, point blank, period. So, no, um, I don't even remember what I was saying. Oh, them waiting on Deshaun Watson. If they held him the entire season like they did this time, it's it's not not, not a thing at all for them to just hold on and wait closer to the draft. Exactly. For his draft to be able to, to increase and for them to get some more for him. Because if Russell Wilson with his old self got two first, two second, a fifth, and two players, Noah Fant isn't just some regular random tight end. He's a quality, quality player. I believe the Absolutely. Drew Locke in the, in the proper scheme – can be a, a, a starting quarter, quarterback. Star, exactly. And so, like, I watched, I sat in Bright, williams Bright Stadium in Columbia and watched what he did to the South Carolina Gamecocks when they were actually pretty decent. And so, like, his swag, his moxie, he, he reminds me of a mini, less talented Joe Burrow. Like, his mentality and his swag is very much similar. He just, you know, he ain't got that bag like Joe got because Joe, cool Joe just got it like that. But, no, um, I think he, overall – they're going to wait, and, and Watson will be able to be traded, hopefully to the Panthers, hopefully for not the house, but um, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, speaking of, that's pretty much leaves, you know, we were talking about Philly, but that leaves, you know, it, it very slim pickings for us down there in Charlotte uh, at Bank of America for who we will pick, of course, behind the center. And it's, it's, it's pointing more and more to your boy, Slimmy, Slimmy B. <clears throat> Sir, I'm going to uh, stricken that from the record, but at this point, New Orleans. Now you want to speak uh, speak life into your fanhood? Yeah, um, listen, I just, I just really don't. I don't want to not be a Panthers fan. Okay, I would love to continue to rock my black and blue and silver. I just got some super fly uh, slides. Shout out to Nike.com. Um, but listen, I just <laughs> if they do it, bro. New slides and all. I got some size 15 slides, never been worn, fresh in the box if anybody needs them, if they sign, if they sign Jimmy Garoppolo. But um, if we take a look, and I know we were supposed to um, analyze four teams per week, but with all of this movement, the, the needs are going to be changing so, so rapidly that I think we're going to hold off and get a little bit closer to the draft. And then once we have a better picture of who is going to need what, we may do eight teams per week, um, just focusing in on that. But um uh, let us know what you think, and if you've got any questions specifically about the draft, about the combine, which we'll talk about in just a few moments, or anything that's happened so, happened so far with the NFL offseason or NBA, shoot us a line at cliff at carolinasportstalk.net uh, and be a part of the show, and we'll be l- glad to read your email online on air. Or if you want to just shoot, record your voice and send it to the box, we can get you in there as well. Um, but it'll be interesting to see who does what. Right now, we know that San Francisco, uh, San Francisco is likely to trade, uh, but they don't need a new one, so they're just getting rid of one quarterback. So that's one in. The Panthers need a quarterback. The New Orleans Saints could possibly be in a market for a new quarterback. The Pittsburgh Steelers are in a market for a new quarterback. Washington, one of the major players looking for a quarterback, has already gotten theirs, as we mentioned with Carson Wentz. But quiet as it's kept, I am not sure how sure – Tampa Bay is sold that Blaine Gabbard can be the quarterback that they want and or need. I am also not sure that Tom Brady is going to stay retired. That's another topic for another day. But they could very easily be in the market for a new quarterback as well. Um, A lot of teams willing to upgrade, but we'll see how the movement begins to be um, shaken up a bit as we get closer to the draft. 
One such event that has already shaken up the draft orders and the draft expectations was the 2022 Combine that was held in Indianapolis. Um, we, we shouted them out on social media, but we got to show some love to the Charlottesian, your guy, number 99, University of Georgia, Mr. I started to say Mr. University of Georgia, University of Georgia, Jordan, what's Jordan's last name? Davis. Mr. Jordan Davis, man. Shout out to him, bro. Did you happen to catch his numbers from the combine? Um, I I know his his forty was maybe four five eight or something like that. I didn't catch everything else. This fella is, is just a monster. First of all, he is way too big and way too fast. Then oh, he he made himself some money this week, and we talked about it. I believe. Um, did we talk about it on air? Or was that off air? We were talking about him. Uh, let's, let's just err on the side of off air. Okay. <laughs> but at six foot six, 340 pounds, excuse me, 341, put some respect on him. He ran faster than Patrick Mahomes and set a new record for 300 pounders with his broad jump of 10 feet, three inches. This guy is out here bigger than defensive linemen, bigger than DNs, faster than quarterbacks, jumping further than wide receivers, having 40-yard, 10-yard splits like cornerbacks. It's like he is a freak, bro. And I remember just watching the national championship, or not even that, the the quarterfinals, and like, yo, who is 99? And we talked about it on air. He pops out not in just his size, but his effort and, and, and just his tenacity on that field, man. He was already projected to be around a top 10, uh, top 15 pick. Um, I think he moved himself into the top five with, with his performance at the draft. Excuse me, at the uh, combine. What are your thoughts on Mr. Davis? Yeah, um, as advertised, uh, better than advertised, if you will. He's that he's that deal, definitely. Um, I don't I don't really know much more to say, like, he look the dude did his thing and and he showed up and showed out at the combine. Yeah, one other piece that that kind of uh, really stood out to me was the quarterback that a lot have been um, <clears throat> excuse me have been aligning with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Pickett out of Pittsburgh, his hands measured in at eight point five inches. Now we we know that by comparison there are some starting level quarterbacks that have full 10-inch hands. Um, For his to be a whole inch and a half smaller, does that give you any pause or an alarm or or a cause for worry with the Panthers possibly looking at him? I mean, I've I've heard the the rumblings regarding that, and I – it doesn't – I'm trying to think who they compared that to in the league where it literally did translate to that particular quarterback actually fumbling the ball a little bit more this past season. I forget. I cannot for the life of me recall who it is that they were talking about. Um, but anyways, it to me, if you get the job done, you get the job done. Um, you know, I, I've seen guys, you remember the movie, uh, Scary Movie 2 mm-hmm. or whatnot? Mm-hmm. And oh, this is my good hand. 
hand. I've seen guys with those type of hands throwing that football and throwing the spirals. So it's like with the Wapa Junior hands, right? If you can figure out how to get it done, get it done. But no, nah, I have seen statistics and and stuff that back up those claims that it does contribute or increase uh, fumbles. I'm just not a full believer in that enough to be like, you know this is gospel and this is exactly what's going to happen because the guy's hands are, you know, sometimes I think that we get too far into the numbers and crunching everything up as far as the numbers and the stats. And sometimes we miss out on, on great players. Uh, point blank period. True. True. One other piece of, uh, I guess, announcement by way of replacements, the longtime Panthers radio network member and um, in-game announcer Mick Mixon retired, um, and so they the team has recently named his replacement, Mr. Anish Shroff, as some of you may know, uh, former ESPN analyst, um, resides here in the Charlotte area, has been here for a while, uh, working for ESPN right here in Charlotte. We most recently saw him on air doing the Duke Mayo Bowl between North and South Carolina held at Bank of America Stadium. Um, but he, I like Anish, uh, and, and I'm happy with the hire. I'm excited to see um, what he's going to be able to bring to the Carolina Panthers announcement booth. Um, there, there are some talk on which players or who are going to be the individuals there in the booth with him. But overall, I'm excited, man. What do you think? You gonna miss Mick, or you, you kind of looking forward to to rocking with Anish? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it'll be a great new energy. Um, I listen, I. I'm a little bit more worried about what they put on the field. <laughs> I had to give some love to my guy, Anish, though, just simply because at the end of the day, he's doing what I want to do. One. Two, uh, he's got he's one of those personalities that invites you to make you want to watch the game and want to want you to to, to participate and, and to listen to him. There are some like and there's been some movement in the booths just across all of the football league. Um, we know that Joe Buck is the next domino that's expected to fall um, with my guy, um, oh, the quarterback from the, the Cowboys, a, uh, Troy Aikman, already having left Fox and signed a deal with ESPN. He will be the new voice of Monday Night Football as Bob or Brian Greasy is leaving for Monday Night Football and going to be the quarterback's coach in San Francisco. So with movements like that, and, and I mentioned it, now I do want to say the Sports Stradamus, I mentioned weeks ago when the Cowboys were playing in the playoffs and he was making a big deal on air then about, hey, it just seems like the kind of game that a guy would want to call, you know? I could see then that there were some riffs and he had some feelings about it. We talked a little bit about it then, but uh, apparently there was a bit more um, underneath the scenes that made him feel like, hey, you know what? I'm not staying here. I'm going to someplace else where they could pay me some more money. So he is now a member of the ESPN family. Do you remember that conversation? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but again, this one for me, again, was more personal primarily because, again, it's the Panthers. And Anish is a good hire. It's just the first move that the Panthers have made this offseason. <laughs> oh, man, I got to give it to myself. This is the first move that they have made that I actually felt confidence in that I was like, hey, that's a good hire. Everything else has been trash. Um, Do you want to uh, you want to chuckle a little bit? Go for it. Yeah, it's it's such a good move that 
that you reiterated it like two weeks in a row, pretty much like literally. <laughs> Stupid. I'm not going to let you. I was about chair. to say, I knew you wasn't going to laugh too hard at it. But <laughs> look, maybe the, the, the fans needed a reminder. But uh, wait, so I did yeah. say this on air last week? Absolutely. Are you sure and there man, wasn't social media? Because I remember posting. No, 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 no. Because I don't pay that much attention to you on social media. Respectfully. <laughs> Respectfully. I don't pay attention to many people on social media right now. Respectfully. These are these are conversations. But, but nevertheless, I, I, you know, I don't I, I respect you reiterating it because that just shows how much. Again, because the, the point that you made was that the higher that you are pleased with. Uh, so I'll, I'll even go back and I'll, I'll send you a message on the side sometime later this week. Yeah, do that. It was, I'm look- <laughs> it was during our conversation regarding Jimmy G and in the article and also the Ian Thomas, uh, you know, st- stunt bike, Meek Mill dream chasers signing or whatever uh-huh. like that. When we were talking about all of that stuff that you, you slipped this in definitely. So again, it, it just shows and it reiterates how proud you are. Of the Panthers <laughs> for the one move, yeah. <sighs> I actually, um, <laughs> I, I know that uh, I wanted to that you pretty much wanted to ensure and lock in some things here after wrapping up football, but I I wanted to give some Carolina love whenever you uh, kind of just gave me a shot uh, a sh- a shot to uh, maybe about ten to fifteen seconds, bro. I promise that it wouldn't take long, but. Go. And it's kind of off the cuff. Oh, that's perfect. Shout out to state, a couple state champions. The Cathedral Academy out of North Charleston. Uh, um, straight off of Ashley Fosway Road. And also, shout out to Wilson, the Wilson Tigers. The Cathedral Academy generals uh, took care of business in their state basketball championship. I believe their class won. won no, 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 I'm sorry. They're, yeah. They're in the skeezer. Mm-hmm. And Wilson High took care of business with the big boys. And um, so just because our respective <clears throat> regions that we always represent, of course, you and I always represent Charleston. And then we've got our family, our Crux family, that kind of represents that Florence PD area. I wanted to shout those two teams out, definitely. I'm going to get you a graphic, Big Cliff, that we could kind of put up on us. Uh, Sports talk back to show a little bit more reverence and respect to some of the both North Carolina and South Carolina champions in, in um, high school basketball because it was some great high school high school basketball this past uh, season. It definitely was. This was this was a great year. Wilson, um, we had the privilege of calling one of their games out for the MLK tournament that they were a part of, and they looked apart the then. They 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 were a tough team, um, and, and they they fought out a good win. We'll actually be out in Florence this weekend. Uh, Wilson is hosting the state all-star tournament. So I'll be calling okay. that um, that tournament out there with them as well. So get a chance to go kick it with some state champs out here in, in these Carolina sports talk streets. So, right, right. Yeah, we're excited to see that and excited to be there with them as well. Um, Wilson had some <laughs> some dogs on their team that was protecting the rim, man, and, and just overall locking down that floor. And so I think that's what led them to that championship. Now, if you guys are out there and you need somebody to help lock down your home auto life, or health insurance, give my guy Grant Williams a call over there with Farm Bureau Insurance. Uh, he's down in Columbia. You can reach him at 803-699-7564 or give him a call on his cell phone, 
5257. If you mention Big Cliff or Carolina Sports Talk, my guy's going to look out for you and get you some extra special discounts. But again, if you need somebody to help help hold you down with all of your home, auto, life, or health insurance, make sure you give Grant Williams a call. Agent with Farm Bureau Insurance, 843-453-5257. And at this time, it's time for Big Deal No Thing. That's a big nah, deal. that ain't no thing. It is our segment where we give you guys headlines, talk about it, and tell you whether it's a big deal or not a thing. First up, the NFL salary cap is set at $208.2 million for 2022, marking a $25.7 million per club increase. Big deal or no thing? A big deal. That's a big deal. I agree. That is a huge deal. That's a big deal. Why you say it? Uh, money talks, man. At the end of the day, money talks, and uh, this is going to allow clubs a lot more, um, I guess, leverage, if you will, to to do some things. Uh, it's going to allow players, rather, a lot of leverage in their agents, a lot of leverage to kind of demand a little bit higher bread or higher money. Um, but, yeah, I, I just – it comes down to money talking and uh, and all the other stuff walking. For sure. I say it's a big deal because the the twenty five point seven million increase can literally be either one dynamic player or two really good players, and, and so to have that increase, especially after a decrease, this is, last year was one of the first years that it didn't see the significant increase that it had been seen in the past. But having dealt dealt with COVID and everything, it's understandable not having the money from the fans in the stadiums. But to see the things that are beginning to um, head back into some type of normalcy and or to see that growth and increase is a big deal. And I think that's going to help a lot of clubs. Hopefully it helps the Carolina Panthers more than everybody else, but now it's going to help some, some ball clubs moving forward. Next up, the Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley is suspended through at least minimum, the bare minimum of the 2022 season for betting on an NFL game. Big deal or no thing. Big deal. That's a big deal. That is, in fact, a big deal. What? That's a big deal. Even Russell, even Russell Westbrook agreed. What he did? What they did? What? What are your thoughts on it, bro? Why you say it's a big deal? Um, and we've had, of course, half this week to kind of comb through this. I think the story bro- first broke this weekend. Mm-hmm. All of the memes and everything like that. But I think Shannon Sharp kind of put it best uh, when he framed it as, you know, it's a fifteen hundred dollar gamble that he ended up losing eleven million dollars on. Um, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. really, if I'm that desperate to to do any kind of gambling, hey, uh, you know, a little thing called Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. Now, I know that we don't engage in any kind of uh, illegal <laughs> activities at all, Big Cliff, but you got people that are, you know, close to you as frat brothers, distant cousins, you know, family, friends that you can simply, you know, we can figure out how to. Launder a little fifteen hundred dollars versus <laughs> you uh, getting caught up with your name kind of tied to the situation and you getting caught up. So I think it was very sloppy on his part, and then even the accountability part um, on the back end. It really reminds me of uh, clubs that you know find, say, for instance, uh, not a Ricky Williams, but they'll find different players guilty of smoking marijuana. Mm-hmm. And marijuana might be legal in that particular state. But guess what? The organization has not, or the league has not made it legal. So, you know what I'm saying? This is something where gambling is just simply not legal. 
and it was very sloppy on his part to do what he did. He's kind of showing his youth, and I think that he'll 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 definitely regret this mistake um, in the you know in the twenty twenty two season. This is two pronged for me. Um, I drafted um, Calvin Ridley in my fantasy this year and in the year before. I was excited about him coming out of college. And then when he got to the league, he, he didn't disappoint. He was part of the reason that the Falcons were comfortable in moving on from Julio Jones. His performance, uh, the first part of the season was beginning to be kind of suspicious. And then he had the personal yeah. issue yeah. that um, allowed that he just sat out the rest of the season for. They, in, they deactivated him. He was like, yeah, I need some time. And so now to have not had, first of all, the pay from that time, and now to miss the entire pay from all of next season as well. Um, whatever the issues are that he has going on that's keeping him from being on field, I really want the young man to, to be able to uh, address them, get them in check, get them in order so that he he's too dynamic of a, of a player and he has too much possibility and potential to really make him some, some money and to change the lives of his family to be throwing it away behind foolishness. That's the first thing. Second, for the league to have suspended him for an entire season I think was a little bit harsh and and, and, and indicative of their – and I know they, they can't put it, pinpoint it and say it directly, but the incident that happened with him and the Falcons last year where he was just like, yeah, no, nah, I'm out. They It left a bad taste in the league's mouth, and I'm sure that led to how severe the punishment was. Now, whether or not he appeals and whether or not Goodell reduces that is yet to be seen, but at this point, it's it's it just seems like the, the punishment doesn't fit the crime, so – uh, I, say it's I think that deal. it is excessive, um, and I think in, in league fashion, I'm sorry to cut you off, no, I just wanted to catch it. Yeah, I think in league fashion, they they were kind of just sending that sending that signal, that smoke signal out, because first and foremost, I don't think that he is the first or the last player to really bet and gamble. I think he's the first one to kind of do it this, this sloppily and get caught. Mm-hmm. But um, secondly... There is a clip going around. Oh man, and I hope that I can find it, Big Cliff, to send it to you. But it's kind of it's it's very Brian Westbrook esque, if you will. Uh, you know how Westbrook had that that one uh, smart play. It was deemed where he kind of like like he he runs the clock out. In other words, <laughs> mm-hmm. by kind of like doing a little slide, if you will, where he had the clear path to the end zone. I'm not sure if you remember that at all. Not right off, but, but okay. I know the type okay. of play you're talking about. But yeah. Right. So they show a montage of Calvin Ridley this past season of just doing things like that you would do on Madden if you were adjusting to the controls. Like, <laughs> he's running, you have all of this space in front of you, but then you start running laterally, uh, like hash to hash and end up getting caught by the defenders or like, <laughs> yeah, or like hurling nobody now. out of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. So it looks horrible right now for him because of the predicament that he finds himself in. It really looks like, like, Oh, you was out here really betting on games and, and like probably side betting on like mm. different parlays. Like, you know, I'll get, you know, 80 yards, no more than 80 yards receiving this game or oh, whatever. Oh, 79. And Hook a right. Turn it, signal. Yeah, and let me go ahead and get tackled. I'm going to lose 12 yards on this one. So it's just looking crazy for him. I was kind of worried about Boy when I um, started seeing what he was posting on social media. 
Like when the league first made the announcement, hey, he's gone for at least a season because they the, the suspension is indefinite. It just at this right. point is saying we're they saying no 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 he's gone for a while. It may be two years, it may be three, but he's definitely gone at least to twenty twenty without again without appeal. But boy was on there's like yo that's wild. People out here killing folks and 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 I getting more time than that. I only right. bet fifteen hundred dollars. It's like yo right. bro relax. And then come right. to find out he did it on Fanduel. He didn't right. go to a bookie. He went this to is what Fanduel, I'm you, bro. This come is what I'm on, you. bro. It's sloppy work. Sloppy work. Stupid. I'm not gonna let you get the chance. Thank you. That's perfect. This sloppy work. There's so many ways, and I hate to sound like the career criminal, but there's so many ways to launder money, bro, and to and to change money out of different hands, especially something as petty as fifteen hundred dollars. Listen, uh, you could literally walk that to your aunt's house that smokes Newports, tell her to deposit it in her credit union, and get her to to bet on some fan duel or, or whatever, or draft Kings. Okay. She, like he could have cashed at her. Like it, it's so many. Oh, right. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Nah, bro. You, he, he, oh, you got to get one for her. Bro. And again, let's see those odds one more time that Shannon Sharp brought up, but uncle Shea brought up said $1,500 really to lose $11 million pretty much. That's wild. And it's just, yeah. 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 The last worst odds you could. Yeah, listen, I, I just hope Young Bull gets his mind together, that's all. Last up on Big Deal No Thing, the Major League Baseball Players Union has granted the MLB the ability to unilaterally implement three rule changes with a 45-day notice in 2023. Those three things, adding a pitch clock, banning the shift, and increasing the size of the bases. Big deal or no thing? I want to say no, no thing so bad, but it's a big deal to me. That's a big deal. I agree. Why do you say? That's a big deal. With these guys being the national past its time league, um, you know, credit <laughs> to you for coining that phrase. Um, I really, really did not want to give any kind of credence to this, but I grew up a baseball fan. And these things are, these things are, these things are pretty major. They're pretty paramount as far as these changes. Um, Increasing the size of the bases, just to start off with that, um, you know, what it'll do, of course, when it comes to stealing bases, what is it going to do mm-hmm. for people being like those close calls where it's a play at the plate and people are safe versus out. Um, that's that's going to be crazy. The pitch clock. Um, pitchers have historically used their, their own time uh, to try to freeze or ice out a, a, a batter. And now the onus is back kind of on on them to have a certain rhythm in their head, if you will. Uh, banning the shift. Are we talking um, like defensive shift or are we talking uh, like the pitcher shift? Do you know what, what they're alluding to? Yeah, the defensive shift. Yeah, yeah, that that's huge as well. Uh, whenever it comes to, again, uh, offensive players, let's say, i.e. Uh, Barry Bonds of the world and things like that those defenses used to really try to, you know, again, confuse uh, um, these offensive players again, you know, with, with little tactics like that. Um, So these three changes, again, although baseball seems like it's one foot in the grave right now, Mm -hmm. these three changes can very much so resurrect uh, in, in some ways help to, or contribute to resurrect the sport. 
Absolutely. And, and I agree for all of the same reasons. These are all designed to increase the speed and, and playability of the game to, and, and actually produce kind of that entertainment factor. Exactly. Some of the changes, for an example, the uh, pitch clock have been implemented on different levels. I know last year, they, um, well, yeah, last year, the year after the COVID year, they implemented it at the AAA level and it decreased the, the speed of the game or it increased the speed and the, decreased the overall time by 21 minutes. Now, if you consider that each baseball game averages just over three hours, to have now that 21 minutes shorter would be so much more watchable and just so much more enjoyable. Um, and so, like you mentioned, the size of the bases. And base running, it's going to shorten the distance in between bases, so now you have those increased uh, steals. It's the, I looked at the size of the base. It's increasing the size of the base from the just over 15 inches that they are now to just under 19 that's a significance. That's two inches on any side of the base. So now that's going to, and, and even high, raising the height of it as well allows for less rollovers. Like when they're sliding and their feet slide off and now they're getting tagged out. So now you've got more base running. Um, and even with the, banning the shift, uh, baseball has become, with because of the shift, so much more reliant on strike strikeouts and walks and home runs that sing, like regular singles, triples, and doubles almost seem like a thing of the past. This just kind of alleviating and banning that shift is going to bring those back and kind of put a little bit more interest into the game. Um, more on base means more offense. They had tried it recently with different um, balls, but then they switched the balls, and now you're seeing everybody's the home running or striking out. And so uh, I think it will increase the watchability. It's another big deal for me simply because they're talking about it. Um, they've already reached the point where they've begun to cancel games as a result of the lockout. And so for them to actually be talking about not just, well, I want more money. Well, I'm not giving you no more money. Well, I need more money. Now they're past that and actually getting to the on-field stuff. That's encouraging that we could very easily and very likely have baseball uh, to return this year. So it's it's a huge deal, and I'm excited to see it. Um, we'll we'll see if it allows the game to be um, a better product and therefore get gain some more eyes to watch on it from there. So, yeah, that's going to do it for a big deal, no thing. At this time, it's time for nothing to do with sports. And, bro, you want to introduce a new uh, segment, if you would, with this today, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I think over the next few weeks, we're going to be uh, kind of discussing this new series that's come out. <clears throat> As we, as if we don't talk about the Lakers enough, but uh, this is in a in a very good way, a respectable. Uh, Y'all know that I'm a TV watcher, so a respectable show that I've been anticipating for a while. HBO has been doing the trailer and the the uh, previews kind of on this on HBO Max for a while. I've been searching for it since like Christmas, Thanksgiving time, and it's finally here, folks. Uh, winning time. It's the story of the rise of the Showtime Lakers and how they came about. Uh, the first episode, I'm not going to give any kind of spoilers, but it seems as if the um, the show itself, of course, centers around Magic Johnson and Jerry Buss and, and their relationship. Um, playing Jerry Buss is your, your boy from Step Brothers, surprisingly enough. And the whole time that I'm looking at Jerry Buss, I'm like, I know this guy. I know this guy. You know who I'm talking about? Whoever played Will Ferrell's stepbrother, in other words. Yeah. Yes. He's he's actually playing Jerry Buss. And um, again, so I'm like, I know this guy. I know this guy. Uh, the guy that they casted for Irvin Magic Johnson, 
great, great uh, casting for him. He's got the the Magic Johnson smile. Um, he's kind of got he's got the swag down of Magic. Uh, almost kind of got that you know that um, that Lansing, Michigan kind of if you call it an accent, but just the the Magic voice, if you will, um, down pack. So it's it's a great watch or a great show rather. Um, and I think we'll be kind of discussing as it goes along. I did also want to take this time to give you give you flowers in a sense. Um, when we when we broke the news a few months ago about Jerry West losing his season tickets uh, at the Lakers, mm-hmm. I especially being a not like not being a Laker fan myself, I never really looked into kind of the relationship that Jerry had with the organization. This uh, series really is going to kind of illustrate that in a beautiful way, kind of show, uh, I don't want to call him a cancer to the organization, but show his negative energy towards a lot of decision-making when it came to building up Showtime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so um, I'm excited to talk about the series, certainly. Have you been able to catch the first episode? No, um, I have not. I have already added it to the queue because we will be talking about it next week. Um, but I've not yet watched the first one. I do want to let our listeners know uh, because we don't want to provide you guys with any spoilers. So next week we'll talk about episode one, even though we'll be watching episode two. Um, and we may kind of talk about it too, just kind of seeing how the flow goes. But um, be prepared when you tune in next week to hear about um, the winning time because we will be, you know, talking about it. Don't want to give You've anybody any spoilers. You've exactly. It's not a spoiler when we give you a week in advance to say, hey, yo, watch the show, bro. <laughs> and this is not an ad either. But like, again, it's on HBO Max. Um, man, and just the, yeah, I, I can't wait to, to, to discuss it with you. The first episode just comes in like like gangbusters. So um, I'm, you know, I'm excited. I'm ready to talk about something Lakers that's in the past, if you will. Yeah, man. So um, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Just before we let you guys get out of here, though. Um, High Star, we were somewhat remiss for not acknowledging that Carolina Sports Talk has been on the air for one full year. So shout out to us, bro. Yeah, the consistency is definitely not an easy task. So I, I definitely applaud you, um, you know, for for sticking it out and, and doing your thing. Um, you know, it's something that, again, it, it takes effort to, to be this consistent. So like you said, shout out to us. Shout out to you, Big Cliff. You know, I'm uh, drinking a virgin Shirley Temple over here for you. <laughs> Shout out to the virgin Shirley Temple, my dog. I appreciate it, man. Uh, on our outro this week, we're going to throw it back to our old theme music that uh, was the original intro for Carolina Sports Talk. But before we go, uh, you got anything you want to holler at the people, bro? Uh, no, just again, shout out to all of those state champions. I'm going to definitely try to get... Um, give y'all a little bit better spotlight and stuff as far as all of our sports at the high school level. Um, y'all keep competing and doing what y'all doing. Shout out to Jordan Davis. Definitely. And as always, this is Big Cliff. This has been another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. Make sure you hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Or to be a part of the show, you can also hit us on the 
Facebook group page, Carolina Sports Talk Talk Back. On Facebook, you can reach us on Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. And I am your man, Big Cliff. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. Peace.